let's bring in our next guest. He is out in the Arizona Fall League. He is one of the top prospects in the sport. He's in the Mets system. Kevin Parada joining us right now. Kevin, great to have you on. You probably like listening to this. We're, we're talking about all these free agents and, oh, you know, 70. I think he's going to get 100. Like, does that make you excited to hear about that one day? Obviously, you have other goals, too. But, you know, if you keep working hard and succeed at the major league level, uh, you're taking these guys out to dinner. Sure. Yeah, obviously that much money is always a good thing to have. So when you got those big of contracts, you're never complaining. Not once. I like it. Hey, well, great to have you on here for the first time. First off, just tell us how the AFL is going and what it's been like to be in the Mets org. Because, I mean, you've only been obviously in the pros for, what is it, about a year and a half now? Yeah, it's only been a year and a half. Um, being in the AFL has been awesome. Uh Going against the best guys out there, You've, a couple guys that have got some big league time, um, but mostly prospects in double A, triple A that are on their way to crack the big leagues uh, and get their opportunities. It's it's cool to see, especially because pretty much all the lights are on you right now. Um, everybody's only watching us now that the World Series is over, and um, it's just the next generation, in my opinion, of a baseball talent. Uh, they got the all-star game coming up soon. So it's, it's just really cool that they're trying to show all the young guys. And then as far as being a part of the Mets organization, I mean, I can't complain one bit. They've, they've always treated me well so far in this last year and a half, and they definitely do want to win. I mean, everybody sees it in the off season from last year and throughout the year that uh, I'm excited for the future with the Mets. Hey, let me ask you this. Have you been to a big league camp yet? I have. I got um, my first spring training. I was fortunate enough to be in big league camp. Awesome. Who, did you, who was your locker mate? And uh, who was the guy that, you know, kind of flocked towards you, helped you out a little bit in your first uh, big league experience? Who was the guy who was like, man, either like you didn't know he's such a nice guy or there's a dude that was like, man, this is the dude right here. Yeah, I was um, – my locker mates were uh, Tomas Nito, Francisco Alvarez, Omar Narvaez. All the catchers were right next to me. So – it was really cool again to just speak with them as far as like Alvarez being the young one getting his first opportunity um, or this first big opportunity this year and taking full pledge with it. Uh, and then Nito and Narvaez having the experience they have, it was just getting to listen to what they see. And, you know, you don't, you know, you're not that far off when it's like, it's just about experience in my opinion, as you get to that level, like everybody's obviously got talent. And just the more that you play, the more you learn things, the more that guys do things that you've probably never seen before. But after as much experience as you get, you continue to learn and see things that you've probably never seen before. And then when it happens again, it doesn't it doesn't surprise you. I'm going to put our guy Todd Father on the hot seat. Don't be fooled by what he's wearing right now. That's not really like his, his strongest ball no, club. But, but how about a, a little Mets advice? For your guy here. Uh, you, I mean, you were it I, wasn't I, that long ago. No, where I wasn't. was talking to you in the Mets Clubhouse. I kind of, I, I kinda, when Pete Alonzo came up, we knew he was going to be a superstar. <laughs> I, I made sure his locker was next to mine. So, I mean, uh, the advice I would give to you, like I did to Pete, take everything with a grain of salt, man. Work your butt off and, and you know, do what you do, man. Don't, don't try and be somebody else. We know how good you are. The brass knows how good you are. New York's going to know how good you are. Don't try and exceed your goals your goals are what you make of it 
work your work your tail off and have fun doing it. You know, and if you need help, don't be afraid to ask. That's why I was told. Listen, this media is crazy in New York. Some people can handle it. And if you don't know how to answer a question, just say I don't know. So there's some things as you get older, don't be afraid to ask. So I would go ask Pete about, hey, listen, I know you've got some good advice from somebody I talked to on on one day ago. No, but yes. Enjoy, enjoy the process because when you get up there, there's no better feeling. So that's the advice I'd give you. Thank you. Todd, I actually remember playing against you uh, when you were with the Olympic team. I was, I was on the college national team in that inner squad. Oh, okay. Oh, was that in Durham? Where was that? Uh, yeah, it was, it was in North Carolina. We were playing in Cary and Durham all over. I, I remember playing against you and being behind the plate. Oh, all right. Did we have a conversation or no? I'm sure I said something to you. I mean, you said what's up. You said congratulations, and then you go. proceeded to hit a, a base hit to right center right after. Right center, Kratz. Do you believe pro. that? That's pro. Right center? Don't, so, don't cater to this. Don't, don't, <laughs> I love don't this. cater I love to this guy. You know, I, Tom, I remember Tom. that. Line drop. Oh, I do remember that. Of now. course, you remember you're at bat. You remember the dude's name. Dude, the dude, was a, that's the dude was a college superstar. He had 26 pumps in the in, – at Georgia Tech at ACC, and you're sitting over here. Hey, what's he? He was probably like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" Or "Hey, guy." <laughs> Bro, it was the same field you hit that three-run homer off of yeah, it, in, in the I trials. Did. The same field. I will say it's better. Squad. We, we had Przinsky on the other day, and he's talking to the, some AFL prospects that were like, uh, "I saw you at a tailgate, and you wouldn't say hi back." Yeah, that, that's <laughs> so, part of the course. <laughs> no way. That's amazing. We'll take this. We'll that's take this. It's part. That was that was the Team USA, right, in the summer? Because yeah. I used to call yeah. Cape League, and it would be like the best players either go to, like, Team USA or they go to the Cape League. So that yeah, was we were that, talking, that I don't know. We were talking smack. Oh, we had, here we go. We had a good time playing against you guys, man. It was fun. I mean, yeah, no doubt. obviously, seeing it now and being at the, the level that you guys were at that time, and you're like, man, like, it's a whole different breed of baseball. But then now it's like a year and a half later, I'm in – double a yeah. playing against the same guys having the same experiences and i i could definitely see where it's like if i played against um a team usa of co collegiate guys how it could be the same exact feeling no doubt that'll be you one day keep working hard Kratzy. yeah these guys are over here oh yeah keep working hard kevin do your best and all that stuff <laughs> save that you were the 11th pick overall you have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder for the 10 teams that passed you by. Like, you are playing a premium position, and you hit 26 pumps in one of the top five, le top five leagues in college, and you went 11th? Like, to me, like, I don't know. You tell me. You, you have any you, – you have a little chip on your shoulder, like, to show those other doo-doo teams that didn't pick you? Yeah. You know – it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, I could be mad at him, but in the end, like I ended up where I'm supposed to now. And so it's like stuff works out, you know, like, Hey, I could be mad that I didn't go five or six or seven, but in the end, the draft is the beginning of playing a long career and to show them is go play in the big leagues and go play for a long time. You know, it's not, a, it's not about, Oh, I got picked 11th and that's the end of my baseball career. So you know, it's just the start, and I'm just glad that the Mets took a chance on me and can't complain one bit about where I've, where I've ended up. And, yeah, the other 10 teams might be sorry in the future, but as of now, it's like I just yeah. got to roll with what I got and 
and hopefully help the Mets win a championship in the future. That's perfect. And as a catcher, if you're on the Mets, that is why they will win a championship. It's not because of, you know, Lindor at shortstop. It's because of the catcher that runs that runs the game. It's the it's not the Nimmo in center field. It's the catcher that runs the game. I'm wow. biased to that. You're super biased. I'm super biased, <laughs> but <laughs> but every team that wins, that's really exactly biased. people are people are stepping up and you know at the catching position. Do you have a different feeling based on the fact that you were drafted in 21-22-22 and the Mets had a 100-win season and you're like, whoa, I got drafted to a team with a 100-win season. That's awesome. To now the feeling of playing in an organization where they had uh, 70-some wins. I'm not even sure what they ended up. You know, do you have a different feeling like where before – I know when I played in good organizations, like, oh, you have no shot of getting called up because they're already really good. And then they kind of take a step back, trade some guys, move in a different direction. You're like, whoa, I just hit 14 pumps this year. Uh, now I should be in the big leagues next year, or I have a chance of being in the big leagues. Yeah, I think it's a goal for next year, and it should be. I mean, as being a competitor and wanting to be at that level is – I see myself in the big leagues next year. It's like, I got to, I got to work for it. I got to do the right things, but it's like, I don't see why I don't belong there. Um, and yeah, whether they have a hundred win team or a 70 win team, it shouldn't matter. It's like, if you're good enough to be there to break the ice, you're going to have to like, you get like you get, if you can help the team win, it shouldn't matter if you guys are winning 110 games, because in the end, you still got to get over that hump and win that championship. So um, yeah, I, I could see, especially with guys being traded and everything that it's looking like they're going to want a younger team this coming year, but who knows? Things change all the time. Things change day to day. And especially now that free agency is happening and, um, everything has happened after the world series, like you never know what's going to be the next step. It's just, I, I got to control what I can control. And if I do my thing, I think I have every ability to be in the big leagues next year. And, um, and I think it's a, a real possibility. I watched some of your swings. You talk about like the next step for you, what you need to do. I watched your first home run of the season and you had this, like your bat was like way down <laughs> here to where you're at. Was that a concerted effort? Was that something that you, you set out to change or was there a coach that was like, Hey, you know, you're, you're way here. And, you know, you're pulling everything to where the end of the season, I'm watching some of your dingers. Yeah, you still pulled some, but now you're kind of going left center. That that bat's a little bit higher. Is that a is that a change that you were looking to make or they kind of made you make during the season? Uh, it was just a natural change. You know, things weren't working out at the beginning, in my opinion, as far as how I wanted to go about things. So I had to make those natural adjustments. And part of it was, all right, how can I simplify some things? Um, and who knows, I, I don't think that my swing will be exactly the same, uh, in six months from now, but if I get more comfortable, who, who knows, I might be laying back the bat more in the, it, for me, it changes a lot, but, um, that's my goal for the off season is finding something that's simple, consistent, that I can replicate over a long season, as well as when things aren't going well, I can stay consistent and, and know that in the future, having those foundational one or two things in my swing that's like, hey, these I'm going to ride or die by these things. 
and whatever happens happens to stick through a long season, especially when you have the ebbs and flows that everybody knows in baseball. And I want to say the swing looks good. And I think it looks good based on what I see in the game, how guys are going to attack at the top of the zone. You're real flat at the top of the zone and you handle balls up there, which I think is a very, I would encourage you to stick to it because of how many guys are thrown at the top of the zone. You can take advantage of that. And when you learn to hit the ball to the opposite field with power over the fence, which I think you'll be able to, like it's going to be elite status because everyone now, you know, hitting coaches now, you've heard it, like drop the barrel, all that stuff. And I think your swing does a really, really good job of staying through the zone. So more of a compliment than a question. Thank you. Who are you watching, Kevin? Who's your guy, like either growing up or now that you look at and either love the way that they play or besides Todd Father, obviously, at that game when he, when he went to, uh, to center. But who else? Like, who did you watch either growing up or that you're paying attention to now? And do you take anything from that particular player that helps you? Yeah, I, I grew up uh, an Angels fan. So, like, I've seen Otani and Trout through the system. Uh, and I mean, I was alive during the World Series. Do I really remember it? Not one bit. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that was the era before, even before Trout and Otani were with the Angels. It was like I grew up watching guys like Tim Salmon, Howie Kendrick, John Figgins. Um, and that was obviously a time where the Angels were pretty, pretty dang good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gloss, but right. As far as catchers, I've been like I watched my entire life. Buster Posey. Um, I've been watching of lately G JT Realmuto because you know he's the upper he's the upper echelon of a catcher. You know, Yachty I think is in a different level of just catching. So it's like not that it's not attainable, but it's like Yadier Molina is Yadier Molina, and he does things that just may not make sense to the normal person. Um, and JT is just like that. But I think that as far as how he handles the, the game, also defensively, and then JT goes out there consistently hitting usually 260, 270 in the big leagues with 15 homers. And I think he swiped 20 bags this year. It's like, why not be as athletic as possible behind the plate and be a force to be reckoned with back there? And it showed he got paid, you know? And that's 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 the goal by any guy is to win a championship and get paid. That's and it's if you're not trying to do both those things in this game, then honestly you're you're not playing for the right reasons. Um, so I that's one guy I try to not necessarily emulate, but it's like oh, I, I love watching his game because he goes about it the right way, and my goal is to be like that and. Uh, some advice Nito actually gave me. He's like, who's the best catcher in the big leagues every year? And it's like, you can say real Muto, you can say um, even Jonah Heim this year, but it's like, you always go back to who won the championship at the end because that's the best catcher in the big leagues because they won the World Series. That's cool. I like that. And hey, the two starting catchers in the World Series, we've talked about them a lot. Jonah Heim and Gabriel Moreno is a stud too for the Diamondbacks. Mm -hmm. So good guys to look up to. So my question is, you get drafted by the Mets and you've been in the org for about a year and a half. Have you met Uncle Steve, Steve Cohen yet? He's one of the more famous, popular owners <laughs> on, on the topic of, of dough. Uh, it, have you met him? And also, what do you think of an owner that 
connects with fans. Like, I think he's the only dude that consistently tweets. And yeah, like Kratz mentioned, they didn't have the dream season just now. But I mean, he's he's pretty beloved in New York for the way that he's running the organization right now. Yeah, I, I've got to meet him at spring training. Um, he's one of those guys that's like I genuinely think of it as he's a Mets super fan that gets to run a ball club. And I know that most of you guys probably have played the show where you get like the franchise and you get to pick your favorite team and just run it how that however the heck you want to run it. Like that that is Steve Cohen on a real level, in my opinion. Like it's a business to him. He wants to make money, but he also wants to win. Like, and he knows that winning is going to make him more money. So, uh, like, it's it's cool to see because he's just. A, I think he's just a Mets super fan with a lot of money to play with, and he. It's like it's his passion. He wants to win. He's a, he's not a loser at all. Um, and so he's like, I'm trying to take the championship to New York and do something that he's he's loved for so long in his life. Completely different topic. We were talking about this. Uh, Acuna won player of the year for voted on by the players. I think they're wrong. You tell me. <laughs> what is your opinion? Because you will be a big league player soon, and you will get to vote on this award. Who is the player of the year? Shohei Otani or Ronald Acuna Jr.? You know – what Otani does is on a different level. Like it's, it's stupid. You, like you can't even explain it. Unfortunately, in my opinion, the reason why I think the players voted the way they did was because Otani did blow out his arm. Um, but I mean, Acuna also had a stupid season. It felt like he was hitting a double or a homer every game, which I mean, that's also unheard of. Now that's, it's hard for me to, to say, you know, I think if Otani's healthy the rest of the year and pitches the rest of the year, it doesn't go to anybody else because he probably hits 60 homers and has a less than a three, like a three, three ERA or whatever it was this year. Um, but because Acuna played the whole season and played 162 plus the playoff games, I think it, I think it had to go to him. So it's Acuna. You're saying you would choose Acuna. Why are you yelling it, at him? Because Kratz is very passionate on this. That's why it's a area. choice. It's a player's choice. Relax. And, and Kevin, just so you know, for context, like because Kratz has been on his soapbox trying to, and he's going to quiz everyone on this. And it's fun. It's great debate because I do love that the Player's Choice Awards actually covers the top overall player, regardless of AL or NL. But Kratz has been big on, on Otani, and there's been plenty of our, our former player hosts that are on foul territory that are on the Acuna side of, of the story here. They're wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I think it's I think it honestly can go both ways. And as like if like I said, if Otani played the whole season, didn't have to uh, have Fair. surgery or anything, it absolutely goes to Otani. But because Fair. of situation and how it how it ended up being, like I, I, that's why I think Acuna deserved it. Fair enough. I didn't yep. hear what, I didn't hear what he ended I, up saying. I, I did. Okay, you caught you caught the end there. Okay. Um, Kevin, I want to ask you about who you've been playing against or playing with in the AFL. Anybody that stood out both from what you're seeing on the field and then important for us and for this show, because we've been grabbing AFL prospects, 
each week if there's somebody personality wise that you think we're missing like you've been one of the best interviews we've had we've probably talked to like almost you know 10 guys at this point from the afl so give us a little scouting report yeah um i mean it's fun playing with guys like colson montgomery he's pretty he's a he's a character like a little quirky but he's he's fun he, he has a good time he's obviously very good at baseball so that's always a that's always a plus but I don't know if you guys have had Christopher Troy yet on this podcast, but that is probably the biggest personality that I've ever been around in a clubhouse. Um, and it's pretty funny. Just had him. We just had him. You and did. We, we wanted to, we wanted to have him back again. Cause we, he was, that was, uh, um, he was part of the bro, the bro clan. We had him <laughs> and uh, him, him and, uh, uh, the catcher, Red Sox buddy catcher from the Red Sox. Oh. Nathan Hickey. Nathan Hickey. Hickey. Yeah. Those two together. Nathan was like late because <laughs> he said he was grabbing groceries. So he blitzes the interview like in the middle of it. It was oh it was like they're like stepbrothers. It was, an, know, absolute like, bro, yeah. it was an absolute bro fest. <laughs> it was hilarious. So yeah, you're that, spot their on. personality on the podcast is 100% how they are in person. Like it doesn't change one bit. It's 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 a little bit of a movie. And it's really fun to just sit back and laugh at. Um, I mean, another guy that's funny is Andrew Cassetti. He's catcher with the Twins. You know, just great, great guy to have in the clubhouse. And he's just honestly hilarious. All right, we, we just took some notes. So some of the guys that you mentioned that we didn't have on yet, we're, we're on it. Montgomery, too, I want to get. And obviously, AJ should be on for that one. Get a White Sox. Yeah. White he Sox need, prospect. He needs, he needs something. Something happy about the White Something Sox. Something to make him happy. Yeah, it was a tough season for, for, <laughs> tough, for the Sox. Tough sledding for the boys. Exactly. <laughs> hey, my, my last one for you, Kevin, is do the guys talk about, because you guys are the top you know, prospects that are out there right now. Many of you will be in the show next year, if not the year after, right? Do you guys talk about the future of the sport? And I'm not talking about the rules. I know you're so focused on playing, but like I'll talk to players that have been in the league and they're like, yo, I want to grow the game. I want to connect with many fans. You know, we're obviously working on that every day with our show, but just curious if that gets talked about, you know, among your circles, because I, I feel like sometimes there is a misconception. This came up yesterday, actually, when I wasn't on the show, but I was talking to someone about this where they're like, you know, some of the superstars, like they'll make sure before every game that they go sign a few autographs or talk to a couple kids like that's cool. But the other thing to reach like millions of fans is to do conversations like this, mix this into your schedule and also like talk like a normal human, especially if you've got a personality, right? Like be able to kind of show off what you're all about. And I, I hope you don't change because it's been a great conversation with you and, and New York can be crazy. But I think this is important for our game so that we can kind of show what kind of personalities are in it, you know? Yeah, I think the podcasts are honestly like the best way to go about it. And I know I've seen a couple like watching i've seen some of mookie betts's clips with like he had like one with christian yelich talking about barry bonds and all that i think that's honestly the best way to do it because of these guys like we yeah we have a lot we do have a lot more time on our hands than it seems like to the to the naked eye um so even if it's once a week or once every couple weeks you just hop on and have a conversation i think it's pretty cool i'm not so much about the um i do see the day the like day in the life type of things but you know that's not necessarily maybe in the off season i think that'd be like a cooler thing to see like what do you guys do as far as working out as far as how they go about their hitting routine or their 
and my um, for me my catching routine. But yeah, sometimes the day of the life physically in the locker room, I could see where that just would bug some guys just because of like, hey, like I got a job still, like I still need to work, um, and I need to focus. So, but like I could see like you have starters that throw once every five days, like why not get them on a podcast on day three when it's like, they're not doing anything. Um, or even if you can get some guy like an all-star on a podcast every couple weeks, just to talk. I think I was watching the John boy stuff and like Aaron Boone, even coming on their, their podcast once a week, just to talk, just to own up to some decisions he's made or, whatever it is and just talk baseball. It's, it's cool. I, and I think that's really good for the game and we should, I think we should continue to do stuff like that. Even if it's playing MLB, the show together or whatever it is, you know, just getting guys and showing more personality. And I think the all-star festivities is great too. So I wish they, um, they still had the players weekends because I know that they stopped doing that a few years ago, but that also showing personalities as far as like the bat the guy uses and the equipment and getting full customization without any like questions. I think that's a huge part of the personality of the game and the players. For sure. That's awesome. Uh, one last one for me. All right. I'm, I just pulled up my roster of the fall league team that I was on in 05. And I want you to think while I'm telling you these names, who do you think is going to be the best player from your roster? Because every every position player on my team, except three guys, made the big leagues. I'm not going to go through everybody, but the names you know. Neil Walker, Ryan Zimmerman, Chris Young, David Murphy, Brandon Moss, and let's see, another one is Ryan Roberts. I don't know if you remember Ryan Roberts, Tatman. Tatman. <laughs> and all of those guys, the person that led the team in home runs, not to sway your decision, his name was Brad Eldred. Now, these guys would remember right. Brad Eldred, but Beauty. you probably don't remember the Bigger big – he was a big donkey. He was, he was like 6'6", 270. And while you don't remember who he was, he led our team, RBIs, homers. He had a 918 OPS. So now go to your team. Who do you think is going to have the longest, best career, whatever you define that as? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I hope it's myself, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like selfish. Yeah, besides uh, you, second place. But um, the Dodgers have a prospect, uh, Yenier Fernandez, and watching him play, he's, he's not very big. He's more of a utility guy, but the dude can play baseball. And, like, I know they sent him to – he was a catcher all year, and the, the Dodgers sent him – to play middle infield in the fall league. And it's the most chill, nonchalant, like this is that easy that I've seen <laughs> as far as fielding. And then he, the dude can hit. Like I think he's leading our team in, in average and or OPS or whatever it is right now. Um, but he's, he's a sneaky one that I, I think is going to be very, very good for a very long time. I like that. I love People it. are listening right now, like grabbing his Bowman I'm, cards. And stuff yeah, like that. <laughs> Kevin, Hello. Kevin, really awesome having you on, man. Appreciate it. Uh, good luck the rest of the way there um, in Arizona. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see you at Big League Camp at spring training in uh, Port St. Lucie, all right? Thank you, guys.
Great to have you on, Thank Kevin you. Parada of the uh, New York Mets organization. Really cool. Um, that, that was probably the best one we've had on. No? Very smart man. Yeah. He's just spoken well. like I mean, a true catcher. Too. I mean, shocker. Yeah, shocker. Exactly. <laughs> shocker. Right. Look at his position.